The following podcast contains explicit language. I'm Stephen Metcalf, and this is the Slate Culture Gap Fest Summer Strut 2019 edition. It's Wednesday, July 3rd. (laughs) Is that woo for strut or for July 3rd? As it leads into for the July strut, 4th holiday. For strut. I have to say it's like a it's like the the test of strut is that I have to be up at like five AM to tape at the same time as you guys. And I'm like, these songs are bangers. So <laughs> Okay, well these songs are bangers, and it's Wednesday July third, twenty nineteen. On today's show, strutty, smutty, in your hands like silly putty, we talk a multitude. <laughs> That's really Did you just come up with that? That was good. I did, thank you. We talk a multitude of songs that you, our listeners, sent us on the theory that what makes you strut may just possibly make us strut, but sometimes they don't, but that's fine. Um, as always, for this special annual ritual, we're joined by human jukebox, Chris Melanthi, uh, who will also be talking us through the song of summer. But first, my co-panelistas joining us from uh, Los Angeles is Julia Turner, who is a deputy managing editor at the LA Times. Hey, Julia. Good morning. You didn't know that I could rap, did you? <laughs> I mean, the jury's out. <laughs> he, Steve's got some bars. Uh, Slate Plus right. is just freestyling from Steve. We're all going to be totally silent. Let's do it. Oh, God. They'll all cancel. <laughs> and I beatbox. So, be so careful what you wish for. Uh, and of course, Dana Stevens is the film critic for uh, Slate Magazine. Hey, Dana. Hey, hey. And Chris, why wait any longer? Chris Melanthi is a longtime uh, music contributor to uh, Slate and Billboard and various other uh, publications, and he hosts the Marvelous Hit Parade uh, podcast. Uh, Chris, welcome to the the show. Thank you so much, Steve. It's great to be here. Uh, This is a big week for Chris Melanthi, isn't it? It is. I'm getting married uh, as we are taping on a Tuesday in three days, two days when people hear this. Um, I'm already kind of public about that fact because uh, the end of my most recent Hit Parade episode, which came out on Friday, features a special live performance by my soon-to-be stepson, uh, Tom. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of revealed at the end of the episode, by the way, I'm getting married in a week and here's my stepson-to-be playing a song from a Broadway show. So anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's happening. <laughs> oh, God, that's so great. So yeah. sweet. Yeah, magnificent and a total uh, mensch move to join us for the uh, annual annual rites. All right, so just for new listeners, Summer Strut is an ancient tradition on the Culture Gab Fest. Many years ago, I issued a plaintive plea uh, that I needed new music to help me strut through the streets of New York. And listeners responded in droves, emailing us stuff, putting stuff on Facebook, sending us stuff by Twitter. And it's become this amazing annual tradition where all of you send us songs you think we could strut to, new, old, cool, wildly outre, all types. And then we, uh, with the help of Alex Barish, get them into a gigantic playlist, which Dana and Steve and I sift through with the help of Chris Melanfi. And then we uh, nominate some faves to invigorate your own playlists in the months to come. And it is like better than Christmas for me. I love this annual tradition. It happened, it launched totally by accident and has become literally like my main source of music discovery. So uh, thanks to listeners and I'm excited about what we've got this year. All right. Well, before we before we start talking about the songs that popped for us on the um, strut list, let's talk a little bit about the song of summer. So, Chris, as always, set it up as just as a concept, and then uh, fill in the fill in the blank. All right. Well, we have to talk about the song that ate the year, 
that is dominating everything that has just cleared the field that nobody saw coming. And I've already been on the cult fest to talk about it once. And that is Old Town Road by Lil Nas X uh, and in its most popular version featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. Got no stress, I've been through all that. I'm like a Marlboro. This thing has now been number one as I speak for 13 weeks. It is setting records in the process, uh, and uh, it is the song that was so controversial. Billboard got sucked into a controversy over whether or not it is a country song. By the way, to update everybody, a dozen weeks after I was last on the Cult Fest, it never appeared on the country chart again. Billboard kept it off. The Nashville Industrial Complex did not accept it as a country song. To, to be fair, it really didn't gain traction in radio airplay at country stations, but it has been an absolute out-and-out pop dominator, and... There is next to no chance anything will top it for Song of the Summer. Like I said, it's been number one for three months. Just this just make me gramps, but I just like what is it about this song? Is it 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 just doesn't? I mean, I, this is the first one that to me. I mean, Song of Summer, I may like it or not like it, but I understand why it becomes a near universal earworm. But this one, I get that it's an earworm, but what is it about this song? Like I just don't understand the staying power of it. I mean. Neither does the music business because nobody, like I said, nobody saw this coming. Um, and in a way, the way you're framing this is useful because the thing about this song is that it's a giant killer. The answer to your question of why is it is sort of the ultimate viral song, you know, and Dana, you were making this point when I was on here a few months ago to talk about the song in the first place. Like Lil Nas X understands the Internet, right? He he created this thing that sprouted into something called the Yeehaw Challenge uh, on TikTok, a Vine-like service where people wanted to dress up as cowboys and post their own versions of the meme of, you know, uh, being, you know, taking your horse to the old town road. Um, and it's it's hybrid to the max. It's this thing that was built out of a nine inch nail sample that sounds weirdly twangy. So it's got alternative rock in its bones. It's got country in its bones. It's now got Billy Ray Cyrus actually singing, you know, a country vocal on top of it. And yet he calls it country trap because it's fundamentally a hip hop joint. Um, so, you know, it is just it, it's in a weird way. It's fitting to me that we're ending the 2010s with this record that is impossible to put in any single genre. All of the songs that, to Steve's point, you would normally think would be Song of the Summer. This thing has, among the many records it is in the process of setting by staying at number one for 13 weeks, it has now defeated literally seven number two songs. Seven different songs have made a run at this and peaked at number two. That's a record in Billboard history. Prior to that, uh, this is fun, the last time a record held off that many songs was uh, 1991. Brian Adams's Everything I Do, I Do It For You held off five number two songs. This thing has held off seven, including two by Taylor Swift and two by Sean Mendez. So all of these records that were lining up like planes on a runway to be song of the summer contenders are all getting defeated by Old Town Road, this record that barely even existed six months ago. The guy started it as, as a meme more than a song. And here we are. All right. Well, I don't know if we need to go through all of the number twos, but are there any of the the would-be songs of summer that you particularly like or think would have been exciting number ones or or think we should discuss like what's your what's your top contender of the also rands i would say there's one that i think we should watch and there's one that i like the best the one i like the best 
and it's kind of the sleeper hit, I think you can call it that in multiple ways, of the summer is Billie Eilish's Bad Guy. So you're a tough guy, like you're really rough guy, just can't get enough guy, just always so puff guy. I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the bad guy. Duh. It's a good song. It's my favorite of all these number two hits. I am surprised it was a number two hit. If you had asked me three months ago, well, Billie Eilish, she's sort of the buzz of the year, and she's sort of like the the teen pop artist who's less pop than kind of this weird alternative rock slash hip-hop inflected, you know, interesting heir to the throne of everyone from Kate Bush to Lord. You know, she's really quirky artist. Would she have a, a, an actual radio hit? I would have said, nah, you know, the album will sell well, but I don't see it scoring a hit. It's generated an actual hit. It, it just, you know, moved into the top 40 airplay top 10 this week, and it's actually getting a ton of airplay. And it's this very fun, spooky, weird record. Um, and it peaked at number two. Uh, the fact that it got that high, it, unlike some of the other contenders, it's it's a pleasant surprise that it got to number two. And then, in terms of records that are were supposed, you know, Lil Nas X killers that couldn't quite go the distance, there have been two by Taylor Swift. The first was this record she put out uh, back in April, May, called uh, Me! Exclamation point with Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco. Bright, chipper pop, and it, uh, it, it rose all the way to number two but couldn't go the distance. I promise that you'll never find another like me. And the one that everybody's now paying attention to because it seems to be gaining more traction is her follow-up hit, which is uh, called You Need to Calm Down. Um, that is sort of her Pride Month record, uh, and it's this record where she is espousing her support for LGBTQ plus rights. And I ain't trying to mess with your self-expression, but I've learned a lesson that's stressing and obsessing about somebody else's no fun. And snakes and stones never broke my Um, it has been pointed out, including here at Slate, that it's a little bit on the nose in that regard and, and sort of trying to traffic in uh, politically correct tropes for its own sake, um, somewhat dubiously. Uh, I will say that between the two singles, it's the catchier record, I think, and it's the one that just as a pure radio song stands the best chance, I think, of gaining some traction as the summer goes on. And if by some chance Lil Nas X fades, then maybe Taylor can, you know, steal a march. But it, it will it will take a few weeks for something like that to happen. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I think now the time has come to transition into the uh, main portion of the uh, broadcast here, which is strut. Who wants this? Who wants to start, Julia? Well, first of all, I would point out just a few generalized things about the list. Uh, there was so much Italian pop on it. I don't know yes. who among our listeners was <laughs> yes. like really into Italian pop. I Italian is like the only modern language I've ever truly learned, and Italian pop, as a general rule, is dreadful. Like, sorry, Italian pop fans, but it's like not. I I've always wished to find Italian pop artists that I love, and um, I'm not sure this list persuaded me otherwise. Also, there was a lot of fiddling. Like, I was just putting it on rotation in the car, and I was like, "Who who's sending us all the fiddling? Like, we, can you strut to a fiddle? That is one of the existential questions posed by uh, this year's list. I would also like to shout out to the person who submitted 
I assume it's one person, maybe it's multiple, but someone submitted a trio of songs, a song with Dana's name in it, a song with my name in it, and then a song from Taylor Swift that we've somehow never discussed <laughs> called Hey Steven, which seems to be a come on to Steven, which read within the context of this podcast is just deeply, deeply hilarious. So props to all of you who spend your time making us like a mega celestial mixtape that we then get to uh, spend our time sorting through. All right, well, but for just for sheer like combination of novelty and stradability, I will recommend Spicy with Diplo and Charlie XCX. I liked that because it was I was into it before I realized that it was some kind of modernized remix of the Spice Girls, um, and then I was like, "Wait, this is what this is!" And then I it just made me laugh and it made me smile and then it made me strut. So that's my opener. It's a good opening bid. Yeah, that one is. Uh, I mean, I love that they gave it a different title. They didn't just call it wannabe, even though it is pretty plainly wannabe, but really interpolated so heavily that. It retains very little of the musical quality of the original Spice Girls hit, um, but all of the, well, a lot of the sass. I'm not sure you can say it contains all of the sass, not the sass of five Spice Girls 20 years ago. But anyway, yeah, that, that was an interesting one. Yeah, Julia, since you're talking about uh, covers that snuck up on you, there was one, an Angelique Kidjo cover of the Talking Heads song, Once in a Lifetime, that I, I was, it was well into after the beat dropping on the song that I realized she was just straight up covering a Talking Heads song because it's such an, a great remix of it with such a different set of sounds. And also somehow a, a woman singing the song and an African woman singing the song brings out a total different side to the lyrics. And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful house. And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful world. Letting the days go by. Letting the days go by. Into the blue again. Once in a lifetime. I even have a question about the lyrical content there. Is the original lyric, letting the days go by? I always thought mm-hmm. it was just, and the days go by. But something about letting them go by seems so much more relaxing. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, is, it, it is letting, yeah. It is letting. <laughs> All right, that was just a Monda Green on my part from the original song. But she brings out that she brings out the side of that song that's, I don't know, a funky hammock and, swinger. And African, because the thing about Remain in Light, the she, she did a full album cover of Remain in Light, the 1980 uh, uh, Talking Heads album. Uh, the thing about Remain in Light was that when David Byrne and the rest of the band recorded it, they were intentionally as a bunch of, you know, uh, East Coast white people trying to ape the sound of African music, like quite openly, you know, the bass lines they picked up for the time. Uh, they, they had already experimented with that on previous albums like Fear of Music, and they went further on Remain in Light. And, you know, the the bass line that the doom, 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 that they were trying to play on that record that uh, Tina Weymouth is playing on that record is is indebted to African sounds as, and several tracks on that album are, are African in nature. And here we have kind of the queen of Afropop returning the favor and recording the whole album and, and bringing out 
the African flavor of it in, in honor to it, in homage to it. One thing I will say about that song, there were also a few songs on this year's list that were also submitted last year. And I had like a long list last year that I didn't get to talk about every single song on mic. But that song was also submitted last year and made my long list, which has been in heavy rotation for the last 12 months. And I, I can just say from from 12 months hence, that's a song that stands the test. Like every time it comes on, I'm like, yes, what? This is this is such a great version of the song. So mm-hmm. uh, that that also gets durability points. Okay, well, I, I mean, there's just so mon- so many, but I was very, very amused by a cut called um, Get Down, You Dirty Rascal by Six featuring uh, Genesis Linnea. And I think you got to play it through to the chorus, which is also hilarious. Paid for with my own riches Where my hounds had released the bitches Woof. Every day head back for a round of croquet Cause I'm a player And tomorrow I'll hit replay You, you said that I tricked ya Cause I, I didn't look like my profile picture Too, too bad I don't agree What is it about that song that speaks to me? It's hilarious. I, I love that song for the same reason the character she creates is just so, and the and the shift between this kind of this weird archaic world of being the queen and then yeah. somehow also being on Tinder at the same time. Yes, exactly. I also just it's like the uncanniness of listening to songs from this list where you have just no context. It's so mm-hmm. radical and yeah. fun. Like I that stopped for me a couple times too, and I was like, what is this? Do I like this or is this ludicrous? Mm-hmm. Is this real or is this a joke? And then oh, only the after above. like the third listen did I look at the thing and be like oh my god this is a cast recording like what yes. musical was this what is this <laughs> it's a musical Chris, that do you know i i know this know? much about it and i'm holding my fingers together I, it, I don't think it's come to new york yet i don't think it's on broadway or even off broadway but it is it has been in the west end of london it's a british musical about um i think this the six wives of henry the eighth it's basically like a satire of henry the eighth and yeah, uh, so it, it's it's from a musical that I think has gotten to Chicago, but not yet uh, to Broadway. Uh, so very appropriate since I just did a whole podcast episode about show tunes and Broadway music, and this is a very unusual show tune. So we'll see if it crosses over and becomes a hit, but I, I found it hilarious. One thing I think we should address is some of the repeat artists that are all over this list. Like, it seems like every year there's like a king or queen of the list. Like last year, it was arguably Janelle Monet because I felt like there were three or four or five songs from Janelle Monet. This year, I would say the queen is Lizzo, whom we've talked about in many prior years, but she's actually got a new album out this year and something like half a dozen tracks from the album, Cause I Love You, wound up in this list. Um, probably the catchiest, and I believe it was the first single from the album, is called Juice. Yeah, so that that was pretty clearly designed to be sort of like the the lead off. I, I believe Dana often talks about the mascara jam every year, the sort of getting ready to go out, you know, single from the album. And it did okay on the charts, but surprisingly, a very left field song 
um, that was a bonus track on her new album and was on a rom-com soundtrack a couple years ago called Truth Hurts is now the actual biggest hit and it's in the top 20 as I speak and it was uh, it was reused, repurposed this year for a Netflix rom-com called Someone Great and it's as a result of that it's oddly and it's it's not as um, fluffy a single it's, it's more of a down and dirty hip-hop joint um, that's become the big hit from uh, the Lizzo album What I find interesting, the fact that that's the hit, it's more of a trap jam and it's it, it almost sounds like, I don't know, Bad and Bougie or, or you know, some of the sort of SoundCloud era uh, rap hits that we've heard in the last couple of years. And that's the one that's crossing over at radio, which is an unusual sound for Lizzo, actually. I just want to thank all the people who sent in Lizzo songs. I feel like I've, I'm one of the first people to start championing her on this show. And I almost had to start skipping over her tracks on this because I didn't want to just turn it into a Lizzo listening session, which I have right. all the time anyway. <laughs> but uh, but that's all great summer strutting stuff. Yeah, I I liked a lot of the Lizzo tracks too, and I, and I found myself wondering which of these will Dana will noted Lizzo champion Dana like the best. So I do want the answer to that question, Dana. Unless you skip, you know, over I love Truth Hurts. The one repetitive. The one Chris just played, Truth Hurts, is a is a total banger. I think maybe Boys was the one that was that was the yeah. newest to me on this list, and uh, and I love that. Could we hear a couple minutes of Boys? Not to turn this into an all Lizzo fest, but I do love like the boys with the bow tie. Get your nails did, let it blow dry. I like a big beard, I like a clean face. I don't discriminate. Come and get a taste from the Playboys to the gay boys. Go and slay boys, you my fake boys. Baby, I don't need you. I don't need. I just wanna freak you. I wanna hurt you a freak. One of the fun things about this is you get to say things like this. A song I really responded to is If You See My Enemies by Rubble Bucket. And I think that's another one where we need to play through to the chorus. So the th- I love this song. I found myself in this year's list trying to find the songs that had the sonic swagger that I look for in a strut with some level of lyrical prickliness. Like mm-hmm. when it's just like strut, 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 and then the song is like, I'm awesome, yeah, it feels less interesting than when there's some counterpoint. And so I love that that song feels like a song in tone, like, and it has this aggressive title, If You See My Enemies, that feels like it's going to be like a trash talk or something. And then somehow the chorus is, if you see my enemies, tell them that I stand corrected. If you see my enemies, tell them I want to be friends again. Like just the cross currents of that made it sticky and made me like it every time I heard it instead of only the first time. Yeah, I like that one too. And I like the way it, it heads in unexpected directions. There's even like a synth hook that pops up about a third of the way through that reminded me of Toto's Africa without actually being <laughs> Africa. Um, it, so it's oddly sweet and yet strutty and badass at the same time. Uh, there, I knew nothing about Rubble Bucket. They're a Brooklyn male-female duo. And uh, I don't know. It's just a really creative record. 
Can I make an associative leap from that? Sure. <laughs> the idea of counterintuitive lyrics and also a, a local Brooklyn band. I really love The Stoop by Little Jackie. Did you guys yes. get into that song? And one yes. of the things I love about it, well, we'll listen in a second. It's got an incredibly funky beat. It's got that sort of, you know, retro soul sound that I always fall for. And it's about a bunch of guys hanging out on a stoop in Brooklyn. But what's so great about it is it's the sweetest tale of hanging mm-hmm. out on a stoop. I kept listening to it thinking, oh, my daughter would love this. But any second now, they're going to talk about, oh, popping pussy on the stoop, <laughs> whatever, smoking weed on the stoop. And the worst thing they do on the stoop is like watch the church ladies go by and drink a beer. <laughs> it's just it's, it's so, so sweet and it's so catchy. Yes, with a kiss yeah. and a pound is just how it go down. It's the protocol. Do you feel me on Saturday afternoon we talk about the night before And tonight we're gonna do it some more Sunday morning hear the bands in the church play All day long every block is a new song Sitting on the street with dead style What we say how when the brothers walk by Just proper etiquette Sitting on the top step with a bag of chips Sit back, relax, enjoy the bricks We got a liberty philosophy I don't mess with you, you don't mess with me It is what it is, it ain't all hard up in the hood Sit back, relax, and enjoy the bricks. I mean, how good is that lyric? It's so good. What do we know about Little Jackie? That's not a new song, right? No, it's not. It's about a decade old. And Little Jackie is not actually a person. It's like a project. It's a side project of a really interesting... I hesitate to call her a pop star because she's basically a one-hit wonder named Imani Coppola. By the way, pretty sure not related to the famed Coppola filmmaking family, but uh, Imani Coppola had a really interesting um, had a really interesting hit called uh, Legend of a Cowgirl in the late 90s, I believe. And uh, she that was already very quirky and similarly uh, juxtaposed ideas like uh, it. I believe it sampled an old Donovan song and a little bit like Lil Nas X. It tried to sound kind of country and hip-hop at the same time. Little Jackie was this project she did in the 2000s with a guy named Adam Palin. And uh, so it's, it's got just more of her quirk and like sort of unexpected sweetness. Okay, this is, I think, also an associative leap somewhat. Um, is it pronounced the Noisettes? Mm, I think so. The, the I'm not song. sure I've ever said it out loud before, but I think it is well, the Well, if noisettes. they're French, it's the Noisettes. But I are they know, French? and Noisette. Yeah, but it's not. I don't think they're French. I think they're, I think they're Brooklyn. But anyway, Never Forget You, I think, is just a I mean, I'll tell you, Chris, what I love about that song is mm-hmm. that it's, it. first of all, the vocal just cuts through all the fog and ambivalence of life, right? Like, mm-hmm. it just it's just got a knifing, she has a knifing quality to that voice um, that I love. And then secondly, the song is so beautifully poised between, like, you know, neo-retro garage rock and neo-retro R&B. It's mm-hmm. like bringing together those two elements in, in a way that I thought was just really, really cool. And I love at the end of the chorus, there's like a, a chord they hit that's very Phil Spector, um, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. old school. Remember you? It, it sounds like it could be the Ronettes or something like that. Um, that record was actually a, a UK hit. I had to look this up. Uh, it was a top 20 hit. Uh, they are a British band. 
And uh, they actually even had an even bigger hit called Don't Upset the Rhythm, which was a, a number two hit. But Never Forget You was a top 20 hit. And yeah, the, just the sound of that record is amazing. Yeah, and it's the, but they're not, they didn't really break through here? Or? They did not break through here, no, no. But uh, uh, yeah. it's When like, is it from? It's from like the late 2000s, it's around like 2009. So it's about a decade old, that huh. record. Huh. It's kind of, which makes it interesting, right? Because it falls into that, <laughs> may she rest in peace, Amy Winehouse pocket at the end of the aughts. When there was a lot of that sort of, I don't want to call it neo-soul because that's a different term. That means something different. But this this kind of northern soul revival that was happening with artists like Amy Winehouse and Duffy and even the very first album by Adele. There was a lot of that on the British charts at the end of the aughts and the noisettes, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, I think are in that pocket too. I want to highlight a song that was um, sent to us by, uh, I think if I'm using Steve's term, an EFOP, uh, an extreme friend of the program, uh, and that would be Jody Rosen, who claims mm-hmm. he had never sent in a summer strut song before, but he is over the moon about this Afrobeat artist from Nigeria named Techno, T-E-K-N-O, and the song is Pana. Yes. Uh, yes, that song is good. I love the sound of this record. Um, and frankly, I it, I came across it on the playlist and was enjoying it before I went back to my email and realized that it was Jody who submitted it. It's, it is a legitimately phenomenal record. I say you like cassava, I get to be cassava. Hey, baby, Pana, my love for you, you never die. You never die. Uh, if I ever, oh baby, if I ever. Baby, you too sweet, if I ever. Uh, baby, dance it to the lagwaja. I love that little skittering, almost video game-like sound that that comes up, you know, once every measure. Um, that is so cool. I love the fluttery sense. I love the way it wafts. Um, yeah, that, and that wasn't even the only techno song on the playlist. Somebody else submitted another one, and I, it wasn't Jody, uh, called Your Love, that was equally terrific. So, yeah. Tech, techno's got some some jams. All right. Well, I'm going to throw to something that that perhaps there's a whole story I should know extensively, but I think we should listen to "High" featuring Elton John by Young <laughs> Thug. Oh, I loved this one. I mean, it's the oldest trick in the book to sample a great old song and then do something interesting and new with it. Uh, but I really haven't heard Elton John's sonic qualities used that way. And it's um, there's something about the fullness of the sample that makes the whole thing feel really lush. And, uh, you know, I, I, tell me what that song is, but I responded to it. Lush is a great word for it. I love, so it's obviously, for those few people who can't recognize the sample, it's from uh, Rocketman, the song by Elton John, also the title of his summer movie. Although this this song came out in 2018, it came out on an EP that Young Thug, the Atlanta rapper, put out last fall. 
Uh, Young Thug has sort of been like all over the place. For example, he wrapped the hook on uh, Camila Cabello's hit Havana last year, Havana Hunana. Uh, he had the rap on that. Um, and then, you know, he's released several hit albums under his own name. And I think he's got another album coming out shortly. Um, but yeah, the the lushness of that, that record, it, it soars in a way that you don't expect. Um, it reminds me a little bit of... Um, about a decade ago, if you know the Philadelphia artist Girl Talk, who was sort of the the king of the mashup, he would put together these songs that mashed up, you know, literally dozens of songs in a single track. And probably his most famous is a, a song that I believe is called Smash Your Head, where he takes Elton John's Tiny Dancer and puts it up against Juicy by the Notorious B.I.G. and makes this already very poetic Biggie song like that much more moving um, and, and, you know, almost uh, uh, poignant. Um, and I get a similar vibe from from uh, High, which is taking the line, I'm going to be high, high like, like as a kite by then from Rocket Man. We got this wonderful email to Culture Fest from a listener named Krissa Corbett Kavoris, where she gave us each a dedication. She said, I, I have a song that I think each one each host will enjoy individually. And I loved all three of the songs she sent. But in particular, I had to get back to her with the story about the song that she dedicated to me, which is a, a live version of the Brazilian classic, the Tropicalista classic, Espresso Dois 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 Dois, Espresso Two 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 Two, which is an old Gilberto Gil song. He had a whole album called that, I believe, in the early 70s. And a couple years ago, Gilberto Gil and Caetano Veloso, the two kind of legends of, of tropicalist music, were touring the U.S. together, and she was at their concert at BAM. I just want Krista to know that I was waiting at that same concert outside online for an hour trying to get in, and it was completely sold out. I couldn't get a ticket. But I love this version of Espresso Dois 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 live by two guys who have been singing together for 40 years. <laughs> And uh, just to, to twist the knife a little further, Chris also included a link to some bootlegged fan video. Actually, that's very kind of her. I can at least pretend that I got into that mm -hmm. dream show a couple of years ago. So thanks, Chris. And Julia, I'm very curious whether you dug the song that Chris dedicated to you, because that was one of my favorites on the list, too. Do you have the email handy that she sent? Yeah, yeah. Because this song is winkingly ridiculous and completely infectious in a way I feel she will most appreciate, and because it's a very clever satire layered on with a hot pink trowel, particularly the video, I, success, I suggest Kim Petra's I Don't Want It At All. She says it's also a certified banger for workouts. So I have to say, I felt so seen and known by Krissa, and that's like one of the things that's fun about this list is is you guys, listeners, recommending stuff that's going to be so fun and that I'm going to listen to for the next year. But this is another one that, like the Angelique Kijo cover of Once in a Lifetime, has been in my like heavy, heavy, heavy rotation for the last 12 months because it is exactly as she described winking and infectious and a satire layered on with a hot pink trowel. And the, I, I would encourage our listeners to go spend more time with that song. It's... it's yeah. uh, smarter than it sounds in a very funny way. Yeah, that song is wildly catchy. Can you tell us about Kim Petras? 
what I know about Kim Petras is that she's a German synth popper, and that song was actually a minor hit in clubs. Um, so I think it actually made the the club play chart. And uh, th- I love that chorus hook, just the rapid fire. You know, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it at all. I, that that that's the part that it goes from sort of already catchy to irresistible to me, anyway. I have to say the lyrical content of that song really is layered with all kinds of irony and wit. I mean, I get so over songs that are all about, oh, this is a slightly ironic list of brand names that I want. You know, Ariana Grande has one, I think a recent one, right? Seven Rings, yeah. Right. And and I know that they're always intended with some layer of, you know, sort of uh, Marilyn Monroe, Diamonds are a Girl's Best Friend type irony. But I always feel that there are so many kids and teenagers listening to them, just turning them into lists of brands that they do want. And that song does some some smart things with that trope. Totally. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll mix it up a little bit. I had never heard of an indie rock band called The Beths, uh, like the name Beth, but plural. And I loved the cut Happy Unhappy. And, um, and it's from an album whose title is so great it deserves mentioning. The album is called Future Me Hates Me. Right? That's so oh. Steve. It's funny. I like that song a lot too, but I heard that and I thought it's going straight into Steve's short list. Uh, yeah, it's very Metcalfian. Can I tell you something very <laughs> Metcalfian? It's great. It's not it's great. It's no. awesome. No, it's, it is great. It's Steve's, one of my fu- Steve's future self hates him too. Wait, Steve, I have to tell you about something about the best that makes them even more Stevenian. Can I tell you? Please. They're from New Zealand. They're a New oh. Zealand indie pop band. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See what I mean? Why, like, Julia, why do you take any of this as your victory, as your triumph? <laughs> that was a generous laugh of, of love and comradeship, Steve. I don't know why it just, you would um, it, take that as it triumph just, then. It just sounded like a murder of crows. But but <laughs> but here's my question, Julia. Do you like setting aside its met metcaviana-ness? Did you like the song? I did like that song. It made my short list, but not my short, short list. My methodological okay, process right. by which I very seriously consider hundreds of songs is um, is is goofy. <laughs> but I did like that song. It, it reminds me a little bit of like old school Bell and Sebastian. It has that rhythm, which I think for my strut requirements is like a little bit too rhythmically fast. Like I want something that's a little bit more slowed mm-hmm. down in my own mm-hmm. strutitude, but I do like that song. It's like middle school uh, Bell and Sebastian, like old school Bell and Sebastian is when they were really quiet and sad <laughs> bastard. Middle school is like when they started having like dance, danceable rock beats. And so, hey, yeah. Chris, yeah, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Do you by any chance know this band Heavenly? I do know Heavenly, yes. I was going to say the whole record sounded very 90s to me, and I meant that as a compliment. It felt very 90s to me. Heavenly, just to me, is one of the truly most underrated indie rock bands of all time. But anyway. They they um, called them, I believe they called Heavenly in the 90s Dream Pop. Like, Dream Pop has mm -hmm, come to mean something different, I think, in the subsequent 20 years. But we called Heavenly kind of a Dream Pop band, and I got got that vibe from them. I liked it a lot. No kidding. Oh, Oh, good. 
so if the queen of the list is Lizzo, I think the king of the list with at least three songs, maybe four is uh, Ezra Koenig of Vampire Weekend because Vampire Weekend have a new album out, uh, Father of the Bride. Um, I believe you all have talked about it. Carl Wilson did a very good review of Father of the Bride for Slate. Um, probably the catchiest song uh, on here is uh, Harmony Hall, which was the first single from the album. And, you know, it's it's got more of that Vampire Weekend sort of uh, Afrobeat filtered through New York indie thing that they do so well. And that was just especially catchy. But every time a proud mess, another one begins And the stone walls of harmony all bear witness Anybody with a wooden mind can never forgive the sight Of wicked snakes inside a place you thought was dignified I don't want to live like this, but I don't want to die Yeah, and I think that quote, I don't want to live like this, but I don't want to die, has already been quoted in several reviews of the Vampire Weekend album as sort of the Trump-era lyric of the year. You know, can't live like this, but I don't want to die. Uh, so depressing, and yet in this, in the context of this very cheery, up pop song. All right, well, in the spirit of, of Vampire Weekend and talking about artists who've had big deal years, um, I would like to nominate Mainstream Kid by Brandy Carlisle. Oh, my God. The things I love about this song. Okay, number one, it's again, has that lyrical prickliness. Like, it is employing kind of marketing jargon in the context of, like, a, a fiddle-rich country banger, which is great. And then... It seems to be about the whole question of, you know, if you if you want to cross over to the mainstream, do you fundamentally sand down your edges and lose yourself? And I think it's basically arguing that, yes, you do. And then yet, on the other hand, she's this really interesting prickly alt-country artist. Chris, you can correct me if that's the inappropriate designation, who's no, had a big right. year and is getting getting bigger and bigger. And, mm -hmm. you know... I, and I, you know, I had read about her work and we've published things about her work here at the LA Times and I just hadn't actually gone to listen to it in the way that sometimes you don't get around to it. And this came on while I was driving and, you know, a lot of these songs I kind of have to sit with because they have the qualities of being a strut, but I can't tell if I'm, if they're actually going to be durable. And this one, from the moment I heard it, I was like, hell yes, this, this is my jam. Yeah, it's an amazing track it's from her i want to call it her breakthrough album which is not the one she was just grammy nominated for by the way i forgive you um uh, it's from uh the fire watcher's daughter which was her 2015 album and i believe her first uh, top 10 album and kind of the one that really got everybody's eyes on her and you know you were right to question what genre she belongs to because of course there's this bastardized term that gets thrown around which is americana which has become code for people who in theory are country but will never get on country radio and you know Brandy Carlisle you know fits that profile to a T but 
you know, she's kind of moved beyond that, you know, with particularly at the Grammys this year, she kind of knocked everybody's socks off. Like she was the most underestimated artist in the major categories in the Grammys with a lot of people saying, who is this person and why is she in the record of the year and the album of the year category? And then she did her live performance and just kind of blew everybody's minds. And everybody's like, wow, I'm never going to doubt Brandy Carlisle again. She, she was, she's really amazing. I, I love that cut. It was on my list on my short, short list. Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned it. All right, I'm going to cheat and cram a whole genre of song into this into this turn, which is I realized as I was walking around, usually walking the dog, listening to this very long list over 20 hours, that uh, I really loved the, the wordless struts. There's just something about a lyrics-free funk jam that I, I, thought, I started to think of it, and I made a subcategory in my mind of the songs I liked as the kind of 70s walking down the street music, you know, like you're mm-hmm. in some old cartoon and like a guy is roller skating by with a fro waving at you. <laughs> you know, this is the music that's playing in that moment. And it's from all over the place. There was one from a German funk band, uh, then one from a band that I think is American. You can tell me about these people maybe. But uh, the three that I had marked, and there, there are more than this on the list, but the three that I had marked were Donkey Jamboree by Ralph Towner and Gary Burton. Uh, Buster by the Whitefield Brothers, and then something called The Forgotten People by Thievery Corporation, which I think is not an old-school funk, just sounds like it. It's sort of the newest of the three. Thievery Corporation, and um, they've been around since the 90s. They were coming up when, to use a term that I used in my Madonna episode of Hit Parade, the the term, the bastardized term, electronica, was sort of being used as the catch-all category for, you know, thoughtful pseudo-dance music that is cerebral, but also electronic in nature. Um, And they have elements of dub, reggae, acid jazz, you know, they've kind of been all over the place. Uh, And they've recorded a number of hit albums and uh, but you know they're in kind of indie circles they're they're kind of a big deal but and they've just been around forever that piece to me almost had an Ennio Morricone soundtrack kind of feeling. Totally. There's something kind of menacing and a little bit campy about it. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's super mm-hmm. fun to, to walk. I to. mean, I could have sworn I heard Spaghetti Western um, whistling in it. You know? There may be samples of it in there. I don't yeah, know. very yes, Sergio. Yes, Leone. yes, yes, yes. There totally is. I loved that song. And then I disqualified it for having no lyrics because I'm not as inventive mentally as Dana. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sometimes, I mean, this is a whole different topic, but sometimes I listen to music to get away from words. That's why it's also great that there were a lot of songs on this list and languages that I didn't know or didn't know very well, is that there's something great about losing yourself in the pure sound and not worrying about the lyrics, which I'm always trying to do when they're there. I'm trying to understand them and interpret them. I think this is pretty strutty. There's something, I don't know this artist, but something about her voice really bewitches me, so I'd like to... uh, uh, I'd like to um, submit it to the group. Her name is Natalie Prass, P R A S S, and short court style is the cut.
singer. I mean, there's just that voice just immediately is in your bloodstream. And she, you know, for a frankly white singer songwriter uh, from I'm looking from Richmond, Virginia, um, she's got the intonation of like an R&B vocalist from like the early '80s. I I love the way she's singing that record. I actually had to look this up. It was a minor hit. Um, it actually made like the lower rungs of Billboard's Triple uh, A chart, which stands for Adult Album Alternative. It's kind of like that <laughs> chart that plays like everything from Vampire Weekend to Adele, and uh, it was a it was a, a small hit on that chart. Uh, but I love the vibe of that record a lot. <laughs> adult, what is it? Adult. Adu- that's a term. Yeah, it's basically for like. Not alt rock, which is like all, you know, Foo Fighters and stuff. It's like, you know, adult album alternative, which is kind of like (laughs) AOR for people who like indie rock. I want to die. Just put the adult diaper on me now. It's just (laughs) horrible. No, no, that's music listened to by like 30 somethings and 40 somethings, not Uh, like 60 somethings. Even worse. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I can't make you feel better, Steve. I'm sorry. No one can, Chris. Can I be a little boring and just shout out some like big ass hits that some people submitted because I was sort of fascinated. Um, When was the last time anybody heard the Georgia satellites? Keep your hands to yourself. I know. I just think of that. Yeah. So fun. That made me, that made me chuckle. Try 30. That was a number two hit in 1987. Um, And I haven't listened to it in at least two decades. Uh, It's almost a novelty record, but a really, really good one. It's like an 80s rock record that that fronts like a country record because it's a story song. I just, I don't know, I really like that one. Somebody else threw in LaBelle's Lady Marmalade, the original version from 1975 by Patti LaBelle and Nona Hendrix, you know, the trio. Uh, That's an amazing record. Um... yeah, like uh, from the aughts, uh, somebody threw in Can't Get You Out of My Head by Kylie Minogue, which is sort of like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, an early aughts uh, mashup era classic. Na, 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 na. That one, yeah. Isn't, isn't that that one? Oh my God! There's so many choices, and I I I, I want to name them all. I might have to to um, send my shortlist as a link for the website. But Icon by Ohm O H M M. my god that's amazing and then that chorus i loved this one 
I think that one falls under the category of what we called, I think, last year, hammock songs. You know, it's not quite a strutter. It's a relaxer. And it's uh, it's just it's something that you want to listen to, like you say, again and again to get the subtleties of the lyrics while it also has this crazy hook. Yeah. And the vocal reminded me of like the Roaches or, you know, it was almost folky, except they're totally indie rock. You know, they're they're classic indie rock, if you will. Um, yeah, I really like that a lot. This one, because it has a, just like the Brazilian song, has a personal connection for me, Foxy Girls in Oakland by Roger Collins, which is another oldie. I think it's from 1970. And uh, the story for me of this song was just that when I lived in Oakland uh, and hung out with a bunch of Oakland-based musicians, this was sort of, you know, this was like our theme song, Foxy Girls in Oakland. We would just sort of blast it driving around. And then a year or two into being into this song, I discovered that a few blocks down from us in Oakland lived Roger Collins, who had by then changed his name, what? converted to Islam, and changed his name to Haji Raja Hasim Sabri and was wow. running an auto repair shop or an appliance repair store. So he was he was just a businessman in Oakland and had retired from music long ago, but was excited to know that there was this musician on his street who, who liked Foxy Girls in Oakland and was a fan and we should talk to him on his porch. So anyway, for Roger Collins... Foxy Girls in Oakland. I don't even know what language I'm about to be speaking, um, but maybe someone can help me out. I think the artist is Luegi Luna, L-U-E-D-J-I, Luna, L-U-N-A. Baño de Foljas is the cut, the Nyack remix, whatever any of that means, but let's listen to it. I'm a little surprised that came from you and not Dana because uh, that seems to be uh, in the yeah it's Portuguese but it's it's fantastic Um, and that kind of combination of modern EDM-ish beats with you know Brazilian sounds very Bebel Gilberto it sounded like Mm -hmm. to me but except it's not her at all Um, yeah I really like that a lot. Oh, cool. I'm glad you did. Another hammock song, for sure, right? Totally. In a hammock with a cool drink. Bebel Gilberto, everything she's done for the last 20 years has been like hammock music. It's been like, you know, little, gentle, slightly danceable beats crossed with, you know, Portuguese samba. Oh, somebody submitted a Bebel song that was with Carlinhos Brown. That yes. was a great one. What was that? Yeah, Chica Chica Boom Chic. Which is, a, oh, that's right. That this that was a cover of a, ago, it's yeah. a cover of a Carmen Miranda song. Okay, mm-hmm. an old, old movie classic. And yet they've kind of run it through the Bebel Gilberto Carlinos Brown, you know, filter. You that's know, a so. gorgeous one. Can we hear one minute of that? Ele também numa batucada 
Yeah, that one's terrific. Yeah. There are so many different directions I could take this, um, but I want to play a song that was in this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Um, let's play Mickey Nunez, La Venda. goes from these irresistible verses and this, this awesome brass to this soaring chorus. Um, anyway, this uh, was Spain's bid in the Eurovision Song Contest in Tel Aviv. I don't think it won. Um, and as a pop follower, I should know better what won Eurovision. But um, I, I don't know. It just caught my ear immediately. And uh, I love the tightness of it. And uh, I don't know if, if it counts as strut. It, it kind of makes you want to dance. But um, I got a huge kick out of that one. Well, this episode tends to be one long endorsement. And also, I feel like there are a lot of songs left unmentioned uh, thus far. So maybe kind of as a quasi-endorsement segment, we'll go around the horn one more time with one more song and, I don't know, just make it sort of especially endorsey or or personal or whatever you want to do. Chris, what do you got? Uh, Okay. I'd like to thank whoever put um, Your Silent Face by New Order on the strut mix. Um, I am a huge New Order fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is from their classic 1983 album, Power, Corruption, and Lies. And I I love that it's on a summer playlist because I have long said that the shimmery sound of the synthesizers on, you know, peak New Order is very summery. Uh, And uh, Your Silent Face is definitely one of those. It's, It's got shimmer to the max. in a vacuum may seem a waste of time it's always been just the same no hearing or breathing no movement no lyrics just nothing a sign that leads the way path we cannot take i mean just one of my favorite records of all time power personalized you totally totally napped my choice there chris i'm sorry (laughs) there's so many more songs here that i could mention but the one that just feels like enduring and like we have to talk about it is 17 from sharon van etten let's listen to a bit just hit me like a revelation I, I there's something about the slow build of it it just kind of turns on it doesn't really start it feels like it may have been going on forever and you just happen to be tuning into it I think it probably as an editor it is one of my primary jobs in the world to make sure that nobody ever applies the adjective aching to music of any kind but <laughs> if it were ever to be allowed I think there is an aching quality to that um, and there's this combination of strut and nostalgia. Again, it has like a lyrics that are cross-cutting against like the slow build 
you know, it's a, it's a slow motion strut, but there's kind of a propulsiveness to the music and then this mournfulness to the lyric. I just, I think that song is like an enduring jam. Okay, for my last goodbye, I guess I'm going to pick a new song because I feel like every time it's come to me, I've said, there's this great song from 50 years ago, <laughs> this fantastic Tropicalista classic from 1972. But I'm actually going to close on a brand new song from a, an album released just a couple months ago, which is Carly Rae Jepsen's Too Much, mm. which uh, oh. I think, Chris, at your upcoming wedding, this should definitely be one of the dance floor bangers because it's okay. so fun and I feel like it will get all generations onto the dance floor. I think that's just kind of the, the the appeal of Carly Rae and the affect of Carly Rae in a nutshell, right? It's yeah. just like <laughs> delivering too much and then asking, is it okay if I pour on some more of this party pop? A total surfeit of emotion over, you know, soaring EDM beats, yeah. Like cut to the feeling all over again, right? Like that's that's feeling. her that's her thing, is like get get to the get to the feeling part. Right. Yeah. You don't need to tell me twice to play Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm I'm always in that uh, camp. So yeah. Maybe this is like uh, two people in a hammock song. It's muddy uh, and maybe not so strutty, but uh, Pussy is God by King Princess. Um, your pussy is God and you know I think you're so cute when you get high. Never been good at this nice shit, but I could try if you like it. Guess hot when you give a fuck. Good night. I noticed coming out of that, no one is saying, that is so Steve. (laughs) 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 I'm I'm really wounded. I know what you people think of me now. I have Uh, to say about that song that it falls into this category of lesbian love songs that there were a lot of on the list, right? I mean, it seemed like there were a lot of girls singing sometimes sexy, sometimes romantic songs to other girls. And I love that. I don't have any of the other titles in front of me, but thanks to everybody who sent in one in that genre. Okay, so I will say we love Dana's conceit of wedding songs for Chris Malampy so much. That's going to be our our plus. We're going to do at least a couple round rounds more of songs that we haven't gotten to yet, but but really especially targeted to stuff to play at a wedding, especially uh, Chris Malampy's. All right, so why don't we uh, talk our way out of here? No endorsements this week, Chris. Thanks so much for coming on, and I will see you in a minute in plus. Thank you, Steve. You'll find links to some of the things we talked about today at our show page, slate.com slash culturefest. You can email us at culturefest at slate.com. We do have a Twitter feed. We'd like to hear from you there. It's at Slate Cult Fest. Our, our producer is Benjamin Frisch. Our production assistant is Alex Barish. For Dana and Julia, I'm Steve Metcalf. Thanks so much for joining us. We will see you soon. Here's a sneak peek at this week's Slate Plus segment. If you want to hear the whole thing, plus ad-free podcasts, join us at slate.com slash culture plus. Well, it's like it doesn't really sound like them particularly, but I was like, I don't know, man. I'm like not not a completist. (laughs) Just like... (laughs)
trying not to glory in this. Trying not to glory in it. High road. Take the high road, Steve. Deep breath. 